Governor Thomas E. Dewey today conceded the presidential election to President Truman. You know, I really should come up with more clever intros because every single time I just I just start recording and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to fucking say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it generally might help if you started planning ahead for what you're going to say. But, you know, when have we ever planned ahead on this show? You just called me literally half an hour ago and was like, do you want to do a show? And I'm like, yeah. Okay, we don't need to tell everybody about how bad I am at uh, 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 following through on getting things done, but that's that's really not the point. Welcome to Do It Defeats Truman for the first time since August. Uh, it is December 30th. <laughs> so here's, here's uh, hmm, how do I put this? Uh, here is how the world works. Uh, things happen and then we have to talk about them and it sucks and it's terrible, but that is, that is the life we've all chosen. Um, for, for for example, I don't know if you know this, uh, some things happened since August, and uh, they are going to have long-term ramifications for, you know, the rest of our lives. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to put us on blast here and say uh, we, we did record once, I believe, in October. Um, we, we don't need to talk about my failure. That that was our collective failure, um, but but some things happened. Uh, so basically, as far as you guys are aware, we haven't spoken to each other in close to five months, which, God, I wish. Um, I was going to say, that sounds really, really nice, actually. You say that as if we didn't get very thoughtful Christmas presents for each other. That's entirely fair. I saw you less than a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, just the the giant chicken is staring at me from my desk, and it feels very apropos. Oh, I'm glad you enjoy that because I have I have a giant chicken of my own above my desk that I'm also staring at, and it is, how do I say, awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you gotta admit it is a very quintessentially us photo. Oh, it's ridiculous, but I love it. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it though, because uh, now that all three of us, <laughs> nobody has any idea what we're talking about, but that's okay. Let's let's keep it that way. Um, now that all three of us have a version of that photo of the three of us, uh, it's 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 like we're all together, except we're not because we'd hate each other. Um, so there's there's a theme with this uh, this episode, and that is, uh, oh God, so many things happened. What the hell do we do now? Uh, and I have an answer for you. It's generally try to survive because <laughs> hmm, ha, 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 think, things are not as terrible as they were, let's say, four years ago. Uh, and leave it at that. But they're uh, uh, still still pretty terrible. Um, so on, on the bright side, an election happened. Uh, we we elected the the. How do I put this? The not jerk. Uh, <laughs> the, the the fun grandfather versus the racist grandfather, uh, to put it very lightly. Um, there are some special elections coming up in about a week. Uh, stimulus checks are a thing. That's a... That, oh. um, Joe Biden has nominated effectively a full cabinet, as far as I can tell. I don't know if you saw the links in that rundown, but that is the biggest section we have. Um, the Supreme Court... Hmm... The Supreme Court, uh, and then Mitch McConnell. Once, as as always, we must scream about uh, Little Turtle Man. Uh, 
which is my favorite Mumford and Sons song. Uh, but the purpose of this, I'm glad Don't you enjoyed ruin that. that song for me. God damn it! I finally figured out how gay it is, and let me enjoy that. <laughs> uh, but the purpose of this episode is not to discuss all the things that happened and complain about them. It's it, the, the last six months, the last ten years, really, are going to have serious long-term effects on how life works, and that is. Oh. It is it is it is a lot, and and I, I kind of wanted to kind of wanted to discuss that to a certain extent. Uh, but uh, first things first, we have there was an election, and uh, I don't I don't know if you know this, uh, but it, it was pretty big news. Um, the uh, obviously the Supreme Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court, the F- Federal Elections Committee. Uh, decided among you know the you know how, how many million 81 million who voted for joe biden uh joe biden won which is fantastic yes uh, joe biden is the president-elect of the united states as certified by all 50 states and the district of columbia he carried 306 electoral votes to 232 an exact flip of what donald trump won just four years ago um he also won the popular vote by eight, uh, with 81,268,867 votes, 51.3%, compared to Donald Trump's 74,216,747 and 46.9% of the popular vote. In terms of flips, he managed to flip Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District, the state of Arizona, the states of uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and this is the one that caught me off guard, Georgia. Which we will actually get to because there's a ooh, there's a whole thing on Georgia in a little bit. But I, I want to point this out. Uh, 306 to 232 was the election uh, electoral college result of this election. Joe Biden won, uh, surpassing 270 uh, uh, about a week later. Uh, 306 to 232 was also the margin that Donald Trump won in 2016. 2016, Donald Trump had 3 million less votes. 2020, Donald Trump had nearly 7. And he won the first one by the same margin that he lost the second one by. And if that isn't enough proof that the Electoral College is awful, uh, undemocratic, terrible, and a ridiculous way to (laughs) decide the leader of the country, uh, that is all you need to fucking see. Yeah, uh, that's about it. The fact is, um, we didn't know who was going to win this election, and this comes in spite of the fact that everybody and their fucking brother, Donald Trump included, admitted that Donald Trump was going to lose the popular vote. I mean, how messed up is that? That we, literally everyone, all the pundits, everyone all knew that Donald Trump was not going to get more votes than Joe Biden, but there was still a shot he would win. It's just plainly... It's ridiculous to have a system where you could get you, in 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 a quote unquote democratic system that you could get less people want you to want you to be in office and still win. And I understand you're talking about margins, you're talking about percentages, which is 48 to 46 in 2016 and then 51 to 47 in uh, this past year, but d- damn, you could you, 7 million that's a significant amount of people, even when you're talking about things in the tens of millions. That's that's it. It's crazy to think that that could happen, 
and it has happened so many times now. Um, and just for the record, there has been one Republican president who has won the popular vote in the last 25 years. Uh, longer than 30, 25. I was going to say, it's probably 32, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, um, 1988. <laughs> fuck. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I know why we still have it. It's because Republicans like to keep control. Republicans currently kind of have control. Uh, and there is, they will cheat and lie and, and fuck their way to uh, doing everything they want. And that's not in a sexual sense. That's in a, they will fuck everything up for the sake of squeezing out a little bit more power, squeezing out a few more court justices, which is another thing we will get to. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that, but let's get into the ramifications here because the election is the election. It happened. It's done. I want to know what's going to happen to the electoral college in the next five to 10 years. Cause if I could choose, I would choose one thing, but Ian, what do you think? I think, unfortunately, it's going to be hanging around well past the next 10 years. I have a feeling that it's going to take a Democrat losing the popular vote and winning uh, in order to get any sort of consensus that we could possibly abolish the Electoral College. I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, The minute the the, the bad guys uh, get screwed uh, is the minute things change. Oh yeah, uh, let's let's not pretend like uh, John Kerry didn't almost do a Donald Trump, and had he gotten eighteen thousand more votes in Hawaii, he would have won the uh, the two thousand four election and lost by three million votes. And had that happened, well, let's just say uh, we know exactly which way that would have gone. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> do, do do we need to scrape about the uh, two thousand and four any longer? Or um... I will never let it go. Because uh, 2000 and 2004 were so fucked up for so many various different reasons, but the Electoral College had a part in both of them. Like, uh, I bl- 2000 was the one where um, it went to the Supreme Court, correct, instead of going to the Senate? Yes. The House, excuse me? Yes. Uh, so the Supreme Court arbitrarily decided that, uh, no, George Bush won, even though there's uh, explicit constitutional precedence that a disputed election goes to the House of Representatives. <sighs> <laughs> let's yeah so just for the record 2000 election al gore got 50 million and so pretty much 51 million uh george w bush got 50 uh 50 and a half million so 50 million at uh al gore got more votes by uh, about about 500,000 but it's not it's, it's not three million. But fuck, <laughs> like that's still a lot of people. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's for, I pulled that off the Wikipedia, which is actually very useful for election stuff because it's all very very well put together. Um, yes, they're they're little boxes for the election results. I'm looking at the 2020 box. They're they're so pretty. Oh yeah, well, and it's uh, Wikipedia is a fantastic thing, and uh, I I am sad that it might go away someday because people are lazy and don't want to pay for it. Uh, but that's not the point. I can scream about Wikipedia another time. The I am afraid I'm afraid you're correct though. I don't think there will be much of a change in the electoral college until uh, until the, the bad guys lose because of it. Because that's 
that's just kind of how shit works. Until the Republicans are screwed over, they're going to take every fucking chance uh, they can. It's it's kind of like when even when Trump was doing things that was going to hurt the Republicans, he still got praised because helping Trump is helping the party to a certain extent. Uh, uh, and God, I, I, I wish I could just forget the last four years happened, but I literally cannot because things happened and there are ramifications, like I've yeah. been saying for the last 12 and a half minutes. Ramifications like my fucking gray hairs that I have. <laughs> my, uh, is, is this what people felt in the 60s uh, after Nixon, or the 70s after Nixon? Like, oh, fuck, I, I, can't, I can't rest. I just I can't even not think about this anymore because I what else are they doing? How how terrible is everything? Anyway, well, um, I mean, Nixon created the freaking EPA, man. Like he was arguably a not evil president. He was just an evil person. Oh, he was an yeah. Well, hmm. uh, I don't have. <laughs> I haven't thought about Richard Nixon in a very long time, and I don't know if I could actually say anything interesting about him right now but he is fascinating i'll leave it at that he, he is a fascinating human being although i do have to say on the topic of him creating the epa he also did not know how to say epa so he just called it the epa like i have, I have heard recordings of this man talking about well we need to get the the epa together and it was what when, when i tell you i wanted to die <laughs> I'm like Richard Milhouse Nixon. I fucking forget that his middle name is Milhouse. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sir, Mr. Nixon, Mrs. Satan. <laughs> okay, that's that's more than enough out of you. Um, but with with the electoral college likely to 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 stay. Le- <sighs> that's going to make things so much harder cuz I'm going to be honest, if the Electoral College was gone, I don't think we'd see another Republican president either ever or until the Republican Party really, really changes what they look like and appear like because people have caught on they, in, in, in a, in a large scale sense. You can, you can gerrymander here, voter suppression here, and win small down-ballot elections, which is another thing entirely. But you, you can't fool the mass uh, public anymore with a Republican it's not going to happen. No, you you really can't. And and here's the thing. Let's remember that in 2016, the estimated turnout of eligible voters was uh, 55.7%, and the estimated turnout of eligible voters in 2016 was 66.7%. So literally an 11% increase in eligible voters between 2016 and 2020. Now this compared to 2008 which was a record high turnout of only 58.2%. Well, and let's well, and let's go back uh to the like I, I mentioned a few minutes ago 2000, 50 million a piece. Just about. Now we're hitting that's 100 that's 100 million. Now we're hitting what? Close to 120, 130 million? Um, that that's just let, about 60 60 uh it was it was seventy four to eighty two this year seventy four to eighty one whatever the hell it was one hundred and fifty five million people. That's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Um, and and I'm gonna be honest, it's only gonna get, I'd say better. It's only gonna it's only gonna keep going up. And well, uh, yeah, that's I, the that's the thing is how many people have spent the last four years so stressed and and traumatized 
or, or otherwise just so engaged that they're just not going to be able to not vote anymore. You know, I, I had so many first-time voters when I was working the election, and, you know, I'm sitting here wondering to myself, how many of these kids are going to be back in the midterms? How many are going to be back in 2024? And I think the answer is actually a lot of people. Well, people got a taste. I'm going to be honest. You, get, you to a certain for a certain amount of people, you get a taste of what participating in politics is like, and you're like, "Damn, I do, I, I'd like to keep doing this because you you saw you saw the effect in 2018 when we had a shit ton of turnout for a midterm, and things actually changed. The president genuinely got impeached. He didn't get removed from office, of course, because we didn't do enough in 2018. But still. The turnout from 2018 resulted in that uh, in that impeachment, and it it was literally a direct correlation, one to two. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I I I have to keep my biases out of this because I I can't verbally express how much I love going and voting. Uh, it, it's it's a little bit of participating in the democratic process and a little bit going to my elementary school gym once a year or twice a year if you count uh, uh, primaries, but. Still. Oh, and let us I, not forget, you get the stickers, which they finally gave us fucking stickers this electoral cycle. Um, my laptop has my 2020 I Voted sticker on it, and it's going to stay. My desk has mine. It also has my you, 2017 and or my 2018 and 2019 ones that you brought mm. me. Ah, yes. You're welcome. Um uh, my brother came and voted me, with me for the first time this uh, uh, general election, and he did not take a sticker. And I was like, you Kieran? and I are not related. Yes. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, y- you and I are not brothers. <laughs> yeah, how, how dare you? That is that is the best part. And I mean, the best part is rejecting fascism, but the second best part is the sticker. Oh, and speaking of, um, by the way, locally rejecting fascism, uh, I'm going to go to the state of New York's web's, uh, results for a moment. Because I, I want to talk about our counties. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. Um, so, uh, let, while, while you get into that very quickly, the um, the point I was trying to make before was uh, we're going to have to be struggling for a while with this shit. Uh, Joe Biden will likely run, I would assume, in 2022 or 2024 um, again if he doesn't retire, <laughs> which I'd be surprised because he's got a hell of a lot of work to do. Um, and and after that, I, I assume Joe Biden will win re-election. I would be very surprised if he didn't. Um, but it's also going to depend on a lot of different things. The redistricting is next year, The uh, <laughs> which is why... Uh, the special elections in Georgia, which we're going to come upon uh, next, are violently important. Uh, uh, I'm tripping over my words here, but it's very important to make sure that we keep this fight up for as long as we need to until until the evil is defeated. Because uh, we, we beat the villain. Uh, now how do we beat the system that got the villain there in the first place? Yeah, it's it's not exactly going to be a, an an easy thing to do, but it's something we're going to have to take up. It's it's a fight we're going to have to fight. All right, so I wanted to talk about uh, the the election results from uh, our two counties of which we are still legally resident. Go for it. Okay, so 
in 2016, I'm sorry, I couldn't find the numbers for Warren in 2016, uh, but in 2016 in Saratoga County, uh, Donald Trump received 47.8% of the vote with 54,575 votes. Hillary Clinton got 44.6% with 50,913. And uh, third party got its highest percentage since 1996 with 7.5% of the vote uh, and otherwise 8,606 votes. So Donald Trump flipped uh, Saratoga County from uh, the Democratic column, uh, which Obama won twice. He then won it in 2016. He would then go on to lose it uh, in 2020 with 46.2% of the vote, uh, 61,305 uh, to 51.6, which is the highest a Democrat has done in the county since 1964. Hmm. Um. And uh, otherwise, uh, to 51.6 with 68,000 votes. So uh, Joe Biden flipped Saratoga County back. Warren County, which Trump won in 2016, unfortunately did not flip. Although I want to talk about the margin because I got salty when I saw it. So Warren County, Donald Trump won with 49% of the vote and 17,699 votes. Uh, And Joe Biden got 48.8% and 17,642 votes, meaning Donald Trump carried Warren County by 57 votes. I believe you and I have talked about this before, but uh, just to reiterate, holy shit. <laughs> uh, that is that is actually insane. Um, and It was one uh, of the closest uh, county wins in the country. Well, and if that isn't that isn't indicative of a larger problem, I don't know what is. Um, but 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 that is that is wild. Uh, I didn't actually realize it was that close. I thought it was in like the hundreds, not in the tens. Um, <laughs> nope. I am I am looking at CNN's county map of New York. He also managed to flip back uh, Broome County. Uh, wait, hang on. Wait, why am I going here? I can. There's a complete list on uh, the state of New York. I apologize for being so discombobulated. Ah, yes. Um, Biden flipped Broome, Essex, Rensselaer, and Saratoga counties. Six additional counties, uh, Cortland, Ontario, Franklin, Orange, Suffolk, and Warren, Trump won by less than 500 votes. That's ridiculous. So, uh, in short, New York's map looks red, but if somebody goes for margins, then uh, it gets a lot, lot tighter. But it's very... (laughs) Sorry, I was just going to say but this but but you have to understand I am stupid and I see more red than blue and that means good things. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting because basically what you've got is um you've got Buffalo, Rochester, uh Onondaga County which is uh Syracuse and Tompkins County which is Ithaca are all blue out west then you have Broome which Biden actually won pretty healthily. But then you've just got this massive like just these four or sorry, these five blue counties out West. And then you just have a wall of blue straddling the Vermont border, which is broken only by uh, Washington and Warren County. But he uh, Clinton County, which is weird because that's where you are living right, at Plattsburgh right now. Yes. yes uh, Clinton County was actually very tight. It was 51 to 46. It was only 2000 votes. Um, well, and that's actually—I'll uh, tell you one thing. There are not a lot of Trump people up here, 
there are like a, like a normal amount. It's not like there's an excess, but there are they are very loud up here uh, because they know they can get attention. It's like when we see protests at the Circle in Glens Falls. It's because you know you're going to get the most attention there. They're in in front of uh, in front. I believe it's the Applebee's here in Plattsburgh. Every Saturday there is a Trump rally. In front of the Applebee's. In front of the Applebee's. That's- There's a Trump rally in front of uh, one of the largest intersections in Plattsburgh. I, I, I love it. But also- it is so funny because the signs went from uh, uh, shit about Joe to stop the steal to now they just have their flags. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the five stages of grief. No, um, what I want to mention here, though, is um, actually it kind of makes sense that Clinton County would be that close because how many Plattsburgh students go home and vote or voted by mail and just are registered to vote in their home districts? Yeah, that might be it. So that would explain why, you know, it's actually, there's still, you know, obviously a huge, the, the Plattsburgh is the largest employer in Clinton County. So obviously there's going to be a huge liberal bias in their employees and residents. But I was, yeah, I was, this, this play, Plattsburgh's very liberal because it's 70% college students, 80% of the year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I was surprised Essex County flipped, but, um, you know, then again, Saranac, uh, Lake Placid, you can kind of see how that might go. But it, it was actually a decent margin. Biden won by four points. So <laughs> anyway, we the, the point is it was close and it was it shouldn't have been. But it's I have I have so many issues in general with how we run our elections because y- you you got to. Unless you look at it analytically, like seriously analytically, uh, you're going to look at it and go, oh, yeah, there's a lot of red and a little bit of blue. And uh, very briefly, I do want to address that because it comes from a place of a legitimate question, which is life in suburban and city areas is different from life in uh, rural and country areas. It is. And their lives are both important and the things that are important to them are also important. But you don't need a lot of legislation passed for things out in Hicksville. You're going to need a lot more legislation passed for the hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions of people in cities. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. You're you're right. It's just the the thing of it is is our whole system from the beginning over is over representative of the rural areas. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, someone in Wyoming's vote effectively has three times the power of someone in California because of the ratio of electoral votes to residents. And that's kind of insane to think about. <laughs> uh, and that's and it's not that California should have more of a say. California should have an equal say. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't even be about states is the thing it should, the states no, should not have a say it should be the whole country because here's the thing everyone loves to talk about well then if, if we abolish the electoral college then California and New York are going to decide the elections and I'm like as opposed to Ohio and Florida deciding the elections yeah because let's not forget literally two states decided this election had Pennsylvania and Georgia gone the other way we'd have been fucked well take it 
and it was uh, a little bit of Wisconsin and Florida last time, and a lot of Pennsylvania last time, and 2012 was actually not that close. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but but 2008, it was the it was the same shit going into 2000 and 2004. Uh, uh, Florida every single time fucked something up. Like, oh, can, you're can right, we talk about Florida finally breaking its streak, and Ohio, of of of, of siding with the winner. Oh yeah, well, and we have uh, Georgia to blame to to thank. I should say for that. Georgia, bl- bl- stop it. Um, the no, but what I'm trying to say is it's it comes from a place of genuine concern where, unrealistically, people believe that if you live in a rural area, because there are less people, your problems are less important, and that's just simply not the case on two fronts. One, of course, you're 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 a person you're you are an important part of society but there are more people in a block of new york city than there are in your entire county random ass person from montana like there do you know you you get what i'm saying though right no no i completely get what you're saying and you're right is the thing of it is you are a hundred percent correct in that who fucking knows what kind of solutions are needed to handle a problem that arises in New York City, whereas, quite frankly, (laughs) problems that arise in Boone County, Idaho, generally can be solved by, okay, we need to put in a sewer, a new road, or an irrigation ditch. (laughs) All right? That's the thing, is there's so many complex issues that come with running major metropolitan areas, uh, yet somehow... We need to pretend that we can't very easily usually delegate these tasks is the thing is so many sta- so many problems which are on such a huge scale get punted to the states, whereas the federal government worries about farm subsidies. And that's not to say farm subsidies aren't important because they're incredibly important. We have to keep our farmers afloat, not just to feed ourselves, but to be economically competitive and all that other shit. But my my point being is that so much of this is generally solved by, okay, we give the state some money and they do the thing, whereas we need national legislation to handle so many of these issues that just don't get touched on. I mean, when's the last time police brutality got any serious excuse me, discussion on the Senate floor. Has it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like I'm serious. Um, uh, you, you mentioned very briefly issues in rural places compared to uh, New York City and, uh, and how legislation works. Um, but did you, did you see, uh, speaking of New York City very briefly, did you see that uh, uh, Moynihan Train Hall is going to be opening on the 1st? I did just see Andrew Cuomo's tweet about that. So what, so what the hell is – this is the first I've even heard of it. Uh, very briefly, because this has nothing to do with anything else, Moynihan Train Hall is a new uh, large-scale uh, – uh, hall effectively uh, for Penn Station, uh, and if you look at the map, it is right next to Madison Square Garden, taking up about two city blocks, um, and it is a large uh, glass ceilinged hall uh, that uh, with, with you you can be in Penn Station and see the sky. It's it's a crazy concept. Wait wait wait. Um, are you are you telling me that they finally are are done with the seven foot ceilings that feel like they're gonna crumble? Oh no, that part of Penn Station still exists, but God there's an entirely it. new hall for um 
I actually had zero idea this was happening. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but it's it's a brand new hall that looks very like aggressively European. Um, I love it so much. Uh, but it's it's a big glass ceilinged hall, uh, like a uh, uh, it's just a large room effectively that's got uh, passageways out to the different lines to the Long Island Railroad to um, uh, the, the the different streets to uh, to the upstate to, line. Yes, to everything, and I'm. I hope whenever I take a train to New York City again, I get to go through there because it's fucking gorgeous. For those who don't know, Penn Station is a hole in the ground underneath Madison Square Garden where people go to lose their sanity. Uh, yeah, it is uh, also the largest train hub on the uh, in the country. Uh, yes, <laughs> so Penn, Penn Station is a horrible place where you will have crippling anxiety because the ceiling are nothing but exposed beams and like i said it's 7 feet high and when you're underground a 7 foot high ceiling is not tall no <laughs> um my apartment uh right now my my bedroom in my apartment is uh taller than that and not by much so is um, mine but we um we do need to move on because we've been on this for over a half an hour um very very quickly, can we do uh, the special elections? Uh, yes, let's let's do a quick thing. Also, uh, just for the record, so basically, what you're saying is, when you and I are vaccinated and we finally get to go to New York City, we have to go to a train station. Yes, that's the main goal of mine, at least. Okay, just making sure we were on the same page here. But that does mean I get to drag you up top of that new skyscraper with the hundred foot bal- or hundred story balcony. Only if I can hurl myself off it out of fear. Um, with the glass floor? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, do you want to briefly uh, run down Georgia real quick? Cool. Uh, so Georgia, which so valiantly turned blue for us in this election cycle, uh, didn't quite finish the job. So it had two uh, Senate elections going, uh, and Georgia's Senate rules, which, by the way, I, I have read several pieces on why they're really, really, really bad, Um basically says uh, if you don't actually get 50% plus one of the vote, uh, then you get to have a runoff election. Uh, And so... And what's a runoff election, Ian? It's exactly what it sounds like. You have to redo with the top two vote getters. So uh, thanks to the Libertarian Party sucking off enough votes, uh, pardon me, siphoning off enough votes. I'm going to adjust my phrasing here. Um, thanks to the Libertarian. I thought it was pretty good the first time. Thanks to the Libertarian Party uh, siphoning off enough votes from David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, we now have a double Senate runoff. And the other thing is that this Senate, these Senate runoffs will decide control of the United States Senate. So, so there are there are many layers here. For one thing, uh, one of the Georgia elections was a special election uh, because why again? I completely forget. Um, oh my God! Uh, the 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 other senator from Georgia retired due to health reasons. So it was a for one. This, I don't believe it was the first time, but it's very rare that you'll have two Senate elections for the same state in the same. Uh, the same election. Well, yeah, something um, happened the same time last election. Uh, Minnesota. It, it is, it is, it, yes, exactly. Uh, but it's very interesting that it happened. And it's very interesting that they were both so goddamn close that they both have special elections, which I do believe is the first time it's ever happened. Yes, uh, this, is the, this is the first time we have to have a double runoff election. 
for uh, two Senate seats in the same state. Uh, and 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 it, and like you said, if it, if that wasn't bad enough, uh, now uh, this is going to decide so many things. And this is actually kind of the precipice of the theme for this episode. Like th- there there are going to be long term effects of the things we're dealing with right now. Um, the 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 fate of the Senate for the next two years is going to be decided here and now in Georgia. Uh, the fate of you getting more stimulus money. I'm it, it, seriously is is dependent on these two elections in Georgia. The uh, the Mitch McConnell blocking everything he doesn't that doesn't immediately make him money uh, is going to be affected by this election in Georgia. There are so many deep deep things. If if we get that, we control two branches of government, and by we I mean Democrats. Yeah, because you- with Kamala Harris being vice president, that's effectively any tie-breaking vote. I actually did have a question for you. Okay. Um, the uh, with uh, with no majority, is there a majority leader? With no majority, is there a majority leader? Um, well, here's the thing: is the position of the majority leader is arbitrarily com- created. It's not something that exists inside of uh, the Constitution or anything. Yes, um, it's, it's it's a title necessarily, not exactly a a, a position. Uh, yes, so so that is the first problem here is that it it is an arbitrarily created um, uh, thing. So we don't really have any precedence. Um, in the interim, effectively, what uh, is is happening here is technically Mitch McConnell has enough votes that he could make himself majority leader, um, but that would be overturned by the eventual arrival of the next of the two senators from Georgia, whomever they may be. Yes. Uh, so, um, so McConnell will still be in control of the Senate from January 3rd when the, uh, new senators are sworn in of which actually there's only, I think a couple who are coming in new because there weren't that many senate retirements um but no the senator who will be sworn in who is a flip is uh john hickenlooper of colorado because uh the uh senate race in arizona was actually also a special election yes because martha mcsally was appointed yes and so uh excuse me mark kelly then went on to win that, and he was sworn in on December 10th. So the current balance of the Senate is actually no longer 53-47. It is now 52-48. So uh, Kelly is already sworn in. Um, which is which is good, and I, I very much appreciate that. Uh, one thing I also appreciate is, just for the record, a little, little shout-out to Arizona, who, uh, <laughs> after watching John McCain get uh, publicly lambasted by the president for the last four years... Um, decided, fuck it, our two senators are going to be a purple-haired bisexual woman and an astronaut. Yes. Um, in the most epic duo I've seen in a long time. Oh, oh, absolutely. Those two are iconic together. Um, it also helps that they're both just fan-fucking-tastic people. <laughs> they, they really <laughs> like, are. They're just genuinely great. Um, but I, I do appreciate that a lot. But this, I, I'm not kidding when I say the Georgia runoffs are going to decide how things work for the next two to four years. Uh, we, we could see serious change 
if uh, uh, Ossoff and uh, uh, Reverend Warnock win, uh, we could also see a lot more bad shit happen. We'd see less bad shit with with Trump out of office. But if if McConnell still has the power, McConnell still has the power, and that's uh, and that's not something we want. Um, well, here's the thing, though: is we cannot guarantee that McConnell will still have the power. Even if there's a Senate, even if there's a Republican Senate majority, there really effectively is no guarantee, especially from some of the new members in the Senate, that they will still retain that loyalty to Mitch McConnell. I guess I'm going off probability here. I would be very surprised if any of them grew a spine. You know what I mean? It's not that they're growing a spine. It's not. It's just that they hate him. It's it's not. It's not about growing a spine. It is not about anything like that what it's about is the fact that it's he's literally satan to a a large percentage of the republican party because they hate him just as much because they think he fucked over uh trump the whole time they think that was his deal well he he is quite literally dying of some unknown disease in his hands, so who the hell knows. Did we ever figure out what that was, by the way? Um, Yeah, no, still no word on that. He still looks like shit whenever you see him. Uh, I'm... <laughs> Hold on, there's there's a quote. Uh, uh, it's from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, and... I'm trying to, f- uh, trying to figure out what it is. Sorry, hold on. What were you saying? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was just going to say that um, I once looked up uh, an image of young Mitch McConnell. That sounds terrifying. Uh, And let me tell you, he's always looked like this. Really? He has literally always looked like this. I I don't, I don't even want to. By the way, I did find the quote I was looking for. Ah, what is Um, the quote? I already told you, Jack, your time is up. It comes now, drawn with ravenous hunger to the man who bears the black spot. <laughs> oh, God, that's from the original Pirates. Uh, no, that is from... Uh... Is that? Oh, you're right. Damn, I haven't watched this movie in a long time. Well, that's because that's uh, the, is... the first Pirates yes. is the one about Jack trying to extend his life. Well, they they all are in some way or another, but that's the one where, like... no. No, it is from uh, Dead Man's Chest. Is it? Because that because that is the mark that has the Kraken chasing him down throughout uh, the sea. Uh, because because Bootstrap Bill shows up uh, in kind of a weird fever dream and shows up and says, uh, "You now have the black spot. Good fucking luck. You're gonna die." Oh uh, yeah. Because he he owes a debt to Davy Jones. Uh, Davy Jones gave him, uh, Davy Jones raised the Black Pearl from uh, the depths of the ocean and in return said you have 13 years as captain and then you're going to be a part of my crew forever uh, because magic. Uh, and and so when uh, Jones did not get Sparrow after his 13 years technically as captain, he showed up and uh, said, uh, no, now the Kraken's going to fucking kill you and destroy the ship. No one cares about this but me. No, no, no. You're right, though. I, I complete. It's been so long since I've seen those movies too. I thought that was the Black Spot was the first movie. The Black Pearl is the first movie. Well, yeah, Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> yes, um, they're on Disney Plus if you want to watch them. Anyway, the the, the thing I want to get to uh, with uh, 
Georgia is is a five thirty eight article. Uh, benchmarking from November results is the thing. It's it the, the title of the article is why a split verdict in Georgia isn't that crazy. It's from Nate Silver uh, today, actually. Um, uh, yeah, this is pretty much what it said in the regular election in November. Uh, David Perdue won forty nine point seven percent plurality of the vote compared to the forty nine seven point nine that Ossoff won. That is a difference of about two points. Most of the remaining votes went to the Libertarian candidate Shane Hazel. Uh, who just just broadly fuck that guy? Um, don't know anything about him, but he's libertarian. Uh, who picks up that two percent could make a big difference too if the margins are razor thin on January fifth. By the way, you said January third before. I did want to correct you. It's January fifth that the uh, Georgia run. Uh, run- no, 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 no. January third is when the new Senate is sworn in. Oh. Okay, never mind. I thought you were, t- I thought you were talking about January. No, I thought you were no. talking about the runoffs. Excuse me. No, they are. There is a two-day period between when all the incoming freshmen are sworn in, and when the uh, uh, the Senate election is. Okay, I got you. Uh, but back back to this article very briefly. Who picks up that two percent could be a big difference too. If the margins are razor thin on January 5th. Ordinarily, you'd think that a libertarian candidate's votes would consist of mostly conservative voters who might be more inclined towards the Republican candidate in a two-way race. Uh, because this race is, again, just between the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, on the other hand, since Purdue is an incumbent, Hazel's votes might be considered more of an anti-incumbent vote, which would be fewer than Ossoff. Uh, the AP uh, vote cast exit poll of Georgia voters, although its sample size of Hazel votes was small, found that Hazel drew support from 2% of moderate voters compared to 1% of liberal voters and 1% of conservative voters. So they're pretty much middle of the road. In any event, it's worth keeping in mind that Purdue won more votes than Ossoff in no- on November 3rd, and that Ossoff slightly underperformed Joe Biden. The exit polls do not provide any particular, particularly strong evidence about which sorts of voters backed Biden, but not Ossoff. Trust me, Nate Silver's looked. <laughs> um... But uh, the point here is uh, benchmarking the special election result is more complicated because of the presence of multiple Democratic and Republican candidates on the ballot in November. One method I've seen elsewhere is to add up the vote totals for all Democratic and Republican candidates on the ballot. If you do, the uh, Republicans won by 47,808 more votes than the Democrats in November, or a margin of around one point. Uh, What Nate Silver is, is very, very extendedly trying to get at here uh, is that there's genuinely no way of figuring this out. It, 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 we may not have an answer for no, like we a don't. couple um, days either. What I do want to talk about, though, is the fact that we are already seeing more turnout than we did in the actual election. Um, Which is damn good. More people now in early voting, well, it, more people voted in early voting for these elections than they did for the actual elections. Early voting is now closed. Um, so, well and, well, and think about this logically. You're, you're pulling out all the stops in Georgia. You're getting all of the people who haven't voted before. Most likely, in a state that is gerrymandered to hell and in a state that has so much voter suppression you could you could physically see it who do you think is coming out of the woodwork to start voting yeah it's it's democrats um so here we go so this is uh, uh 10 hours ago this is a politico article i'll drop it in the link here um awesome thank you so there's What's that the, what is the article it's uh strong early turnout or strong early vote turnout gives dems hope in georgia runoffs oh solid 
okay. So I didn't need you to read. I didn't need you to read the title. I was hoping for more of a summarization. But uh, that, what is this? That, that is exactly it. So uh, early voting in the Georgia Senate runoffs is breaking records, and Democrats have reason for hope in the numbers. More than 2.3 million people have voted as of Tuesday morning through mail-in ballots or in early or in-person early voting, already topping the record for most votes in a Georgia runoff election. Democrats are buoyed by the strong early numbers, which show black voters making up a large percentage of the electorate then in November and higher early turnout in Democratic congressional districts in the state. Both are positive signs for John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, the two challengers. Um, okay, and this is where it gets really delicious. Meanwhile, early vote turnout has lagged in Republican-held congressional districts, leaving likely uh, likely leaving uh, Senators Kelly Loeffler and David, David Perdue with a larger deficit heading into Election Day than they had to make up on November 3rd, with early voting concluding uh, leading up to the New Year's holiday. Now let's talk about why that's happening, because there's a reason for it. Why what is happening specifically? There was a lot there. Okay, why there is so much higher turnout in Democratic areas versus in Republican areas. Uh, I would assume because a lot of Republicans think they have this in the bag. Try the other way around. Do a lot of oh, Democrats are turning out higher because they want to they want to have a stronger chance. Yes, but you were you were right about the Republicans, but you had the wrong reasoning. Republicans aren't turning out because they think they have no chance. And do you want to know why they think they have no chance? I would love to hear why the Republicans think they have no chance in any context, but specifically this one. Because Donald Trump has been sitting there flapping his fucking lips about how everything's rigged. And his surrogates have been talking about how everything is rigged, including the Georgia Senate runoffs. Hmm. So he has he has fucking no idea what he's done here. He has convinced his people that the system is so rigged against them, there's no point in turning out. He has sabotaged Purdue and Luffler. Meanwhile, Democrats and other, otherwise just general left-leaning voters are in full panic mode, realizing, oh my God, it all comes down to us, and they're turning out in droves. It That is, that is actually very articulate, and I appreciate that. Um, wow. Uh, so, so what you're trying to say really is just that, uh, again, this, there are, are going to be long-term effects to the Georgia election. Oh my God. Who said that? Um, only us this entire time. It, 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 this is, it is so vitally important that we win Georgia. (laughs) Uh, not just because that would mean all three major elections in Georgia will have had that turnout. This year had had that uh, uh, result, but also, goddamn, that would be actually sick if we could have a, a, a hold on the Senate at the very least. And and here's the thing: as I've said before, if we win the Senate, we can afford to lose Raphael Warnock in 2022, because mm-hmm. there are plenty of opportunities for pickups for us in in 2022 in blue leaning states. Why do you say Warnock instead of Osaf? Because uh, Warnock is up in 2022. Oh, okay. Sorry. So this is a special Um, election to finish up uh, Sonny Perdue, actually David Perdue's brother. His this is a special election to finish up his term, which he was elected to in 2016. So this election will determine who gotcha. gets the last two years. So if Raphael Warnock wins it, he then has to fight for a term in his own right in 2022. Whereas if John mm. Ossoff wins. It is not Ossoff, it's Ossoff. 
if John Ossoff wins, then he has until 2026 because this is just a normal election. Gotcha. Uh, I forgot Senate procedure. <laughs> um, Senate election procedure. Um, I mean, term limits. That's the fucking word I'm looking for. Goddamn. Not term limits, term times. Term length. Term, term length. That is that is the L word I'm looking for. Uh, so so what do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, in Georgia? My gut says it's going to be a split result, but I really, really am, am rooting hard for a double win, obviously. However, hope may not be lost if it's a split result and it's a 51-49. Why do you say that? Because there are two Republican senators who might be willing to break rank. I am interested to hear because I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> because so, that, that to me to me that seems like not a thing. It very real it very much could happen. And and there, there are two who we need to talk about. It's two who we hate to talk about, but they are relevant to the discussion. The first is, uh, I can't believe she won re-election, Susan Collins. Susan oh. Collins has oh. grown very, oh. very, very uncomfortable with uh, Donald Trump and with Mitch McConnell. And such an opportunity, if she gave the majority leader vote to uh, Schumer, would essentially allow give him control of the Senate agenda. And so even if we couldn't pass much with Schumer in control of the Senate agenda, he could quite literally force votes on so many things. Compared to Mitch McConnell blocking them. Yes. And so he could force Republicans to go to the table and vote no on serious legislation that Americans want and need. Just for the record, this is Susan Collins, the same senator who voted not to remove President Trump from office because she believed he, quote, learned his lesson. And then he followed that up by dealing with a pandemic in quite literally the most irresponsible, terrible way of anybody on the planet. Yes. uh, So I'm not leaning on her. The one that I am leaning on in this situation is Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski. Now, you need to understand something about Lisa Murkowski. In, I don't understand most things about her, but go on. In, in Alaska, uh, Lisa Murkowski actually lost her primary in 2016. She lost her Senate primary. She was, a, she was the senator. She got primaried. Murkowski then ran as an independent and won. Wow, really? Yes. That's how the fuck? Vote So is she an independent senator right now? No, because she rejoined the Republican fold. However, the last four years have not been kind to Lisa Murkowski. People in Alaska are fucking livid with her. And I can't imagine why. And Alaska has has a habit of sometimes producing Democrats. It won't vote for them at the presidential level, but it spits them out in the Senate every now and again. I mean, uh, Mike Gravel was a senator from Alaska. That meme lord was the United States senator from Alaska for a while. I forgot that that was a thing. 
So Alaska will sometimes spit out a Democrat. And uh, quite frankly, um, people don't like her right now. They they are very unimpressed with her. A lot of people are saying they regret their vote for her in 2016 in that fucking weird election. And, and you think that this might sway her to vote for someone other than a Republican for the majority leader? Yes, because essentially she has very little good grace and she is up for election in two years. Interesting. So okay. in this scenario, if she really hmm. wanted to do this, she could caucus with the Democrats in exchange for obviously a lot of very large concessions. Um, and so to, 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 your, to the point I'm getting at here is if it's a split result, watch Lisa Murkowski and watch Susan Collins. Interesting. I... I want to. I want to. I'm going to be honest. This sounds like a pipe dream. Both of those options sound like yeah, no. I have. I have no faith in uh, anyone breaking party. Mitt Romney doing it made national news for three straight days. You know what I mean? Uh, and and Mitt Romney is fucking Mitt Romney. <laughs> yeah, no one's um, expecting him to break rank. So, if he does, I will shit a solid diamond dodecahedron. Hmm. Um. So. But a lot of these people are in a lot more vulnerable vulnerable positions than you think they are. And and that is really kind of all I'm going to say there is uh, uh, it's it's vulnerable. And here's another thing. There's a lot of Republicans up in 2022. We could see a situation where, God forbid, we lose the House but gain the Senate. And quite frankly, at this point, I want the Senate more than the House. Well, yeah, <laughs> because because Kevin McCarthy, I'm sorry, is a shit. He is not going to do anything. He he is he is a limp dick of a limp dick. OK, the man has nothing. He he, he is not um, fucking what's his name there. He, he's he's more Paul Ryan than Paul Ryan was. And you remember how completely ineffective Paul Ryan was. Well, uh, I don't need to be reminded that Paul Ryan existed. And was um, Speaker why, of the House. Why, yes, of course. Why, why do you say that about... Uh, I, I don't like Kevin McCarthy either, but why do you say that about him? Because you got to understand, the, the, the sad, sad story of House Republicans over the last um, 10 years or so, really, yeah, about... Actually, no, going back 14 years to 2006, has been they have had their their long-term leadership losing consistently. Eric Cantor was the House uh, Majority Leader in... or was the House Minority Leader in 2008. He lost. He got primaried out. So a lot of these guys... There's, they don't have seniority anymore. There are, there are not many senior House Republicans left. And so, uh, what has Kevin McCarthy done, though? I mean, even in the minority, Mitch McConnell was a pain in the ass. He, he was not someone to be fucked with. Um, going back, uh, what's his name there? Newt Gingrich was a fucking lion of a man. Evil, yes, but a, a lion, nonetheless. And it was insanity. But now, who do we have? We had Paul Ryan, who was a joke. John Boehner was something. I, I, he tried to compromise with Obama. He was the last one who really did. And then 
after that John, John Boehner for five fucking minutes before retiring anyway and 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 that's the thing is after him came Paul Ryan who was sworn in in 2015 because he retired after losing all support within the caucus well and let's let's talk about Paul Ryan for about two seconds here because Paul Ryan is a really interesting snapshot of what the hell is wrong with the Republican Party um, for multiple different reasons. Uh, but Paul Ryan was chosen as Mitt Romney's vice president, uh, his, the, as, as a vice presidential uh, uh, nominee in 2012. Yes. Uh, and beca- because Mitt Romney said, I, tall white guy uh, who, who has the effective personality of a tall glass of milk, what do I need? I need a smaller glass of milk next to me. Correct. Uh, but Paul Ryan got nothing done. Paul Ryan was was ineffective as majority leader as he was as a sorry as a speaker as he was just being in the house. Like he the man was not able to accomplish a thing. And so but the Republican uh uh establishment said, "You know what would make this better?" You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, it would really help us win this election against one of the most popular presidents we ever uh, that the country has ever had. That, like, that was a calculated mistake. Oh, in yes. the same way that two thousand and eight, uh, fucking uh, Sarah Palin was a calculated because they thought about that shit mistake. Oh, it absolutely was. Sarah Palin was was the the ultimate vice presidential mistake. Uh, Paul Ryan was is also up there in terms of wow, you really just scraped the barrel. Well, the thing was was Romney thought he if he picked Ryan, he would have a chance at Wisconsin. To which I say, it's well, it's the same thing with uh, Trump choosing uh, Pence because he wanted the evangelical support, which is I'm still amazed that he actually pulled that off. Yeah. Um. But it's I I'm trying to I'm trying to prove a point. I'm trying to make a point here. You want the party that makes decisions like that running your country? Really? Genuinely? I just I f- cannot understand why people vote Republican. I I cannot wrap my head around it because usually I can find a logical understanding for everything. I genuinely genuinely cannot figure that out. I think we should move on to the stimulus checks. Yeah, I would say it's a good time. Uh, because goddamn, uh, <laughs> uh, this is this has been the big news of the past week. Uh, the, the 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 second round of stimulus checks, which is hilarious that it's the second round, considering it, the first one was what seven months ago. Like when it was it was April, right? I think so. Yeah. Um. So the first one, as we all remember, was twelve hundred dollars, and as Ian very much remembers, he didn't get one, and I'm still not fucking getting one this time. Uh, and we'll get into that in a moment. But there are uh, the stimulus checks, like I said, are making news again uh, because the Senate is trying to come out with a six hundred dollar one. That one eventually passed. Uh, the president rejected that in the weirdest thing ever and said, "No, make it two thousand. Which I, I don't know about you surprised the shit out of me, uh, baffled uh, everybody, including Senate Republicans. Uh, and so the House of Representatives said, uh, yesterday or two days ago, said, all right, <laughs> sick. All right, let's do, let's do that then. Uh, uh, voted to pass a bill, uh, uh, to increase it to, uh, $2,000 instead of 600 
uh, in a, in an overwhelming effort. It was it was a shit ton of votes for it. Uh, and then um, Senate uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, blocked that attempt uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm reading this from CBS News. Uh, and we just got word this morning that the, the or last night that the checks are start are, are going out now, uh, or the de- direct deposits at the very least are going out now. So, Ian, what the fuck are we supposed to make of this? Um, like, like what's what's the House doing? What the hell is the Senate doing? What is Trump doing? Holy shit! And what what the hell does this mean? Uh, the Senate basically. Um, Mitch McConnell has has is desperately trying to protect uh, Luffler and Purdue in their election by not holding the vote. Because here's the thing: if they vote to do this, well, Mitch McConnell suddenly looks like an asshole because the president and Nancy Pelosi got one over on him, and he can't have that. Um, and if uh, Luffler and uh, Purdue vote yes on it, then he loses. That that's the end of it. Is he loses that vote because Mike Pence comes down from the Senate to break that tie, and he votes in favor of the two thousand uh, dollars a month, and it goes to Trump. So whereas if uh, Luffler and Purdue vote against it, they have an election in a week. How do you go to people a week before an election and say, yeah, no, I just voted against giving you all $2,000? Well, and is that, is that why McConnell is blocking it, though? Yeah, it's, it's to protect them, because either he looks like an asshole, or Luffler and Purdue commit political suicide a week before their election. Interesting. Um, and, of course, the House is going... I mean, we'll take this dub if you want to just hand it to us. That's fine with us. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's a significant amount of people on uh, a significant amount of people who are uh, in in the house are genuinely want to help people. Um, and let's let's think back very briefly to uh, the unemployment benefits, which was kind of sort of how this uh, the the federal government got away with. Uh, uh, not giving us stimulus money throughout this pa- throughout the pandemic. You got you you specifically because you were unemployed. I was not. Uh, you and a bunch of other people got a lot of money from that, which is great. And how much did that change your life again, Ian? Just you don't have to get into specifics, but like overnight, how how quickly did that solve half of your problems? <laughs> uh, let's see: new phone, new computer, pay, paid off medical debt, paid off school debt. It, it changed everything for me. Uh, to the point where you're now able to go back to school. You now are working two jobs. You now have are at a point where you can actually like progress with your life. And it's kind of crazy. You're you're still in the top like crazy percentile of people who have held that because for a majority of people that extra money it it helped them survive. It helped them not die. <laughs> uh, it was it was a ridiculous not a ridiculous it was it was a stark amount of money for a lot of people and it helped them so much but i'm not saying two two thousand dollars isn't a lot but fuck man that's a lot of back rent that people still need to pay you know what i mean I'm, i i can't believe i'm sitting here complaining about getting two thousand dollars but that's for a lot of people that's still not enough and especially we can get into this the reason you didn't get the check in the first place was because you are an adult dependent on your parents so you both didn't get a check yourself because you are not an independent and you also didn't get it uh didn't get the smaller version as a 
uh, as a, a, a child dependent on their parents. It's it's literally a, a complete subsection of this country did not get any money, whether through themselves by right or by their parents, because of a loophole. Yeah, and it, it, it never got dealt with. And it still isn't being dealt with, and it's not going to get dealt with. And And this is the thing I want to say. People need to answer for what happened in this pandemic. Somebody has to answer for what happened because, frankly, this this is ridiculous. I mean, literally millions of people are on the verge of homelessness. Like, more people are going to lose their homes in this than they did in 2008. All right, we are we are a second away from falling over the fiscal cliff in terms of our economy, even though they're saying, well... Wall Street's doing great. Yeah, Wall Street's doing great. Wall Street isn't the fucking economy anymore. We we proved that. Billionaires have expanded their net worth massively during this uh, pandemic. All right? Wall Street is no longer the economy. All right? The, when the Dow Jones is flying upwards and millions of people barely have enough to eat, there's a fucking problem. Well... The the economy is quote unquote doing great. Well, first of all, it's not right now. Uh, but when let's let's go with this. When Obama left office in 2016, it was uh, at the very least a vast improvement from 2008. Which, to be fair, yeah, it better be. Um, but to the to the point where we were having somewhat of a thriving economy for the first time in about ten years, and Trump rode that for probably about two years before the real ramifications of what he was doing and the decisions he was making came down. And honestly, that's all Republicans need. Republicans need a good two years to ride that shit, to ride, ride a good economy, uh, a, a, a well-set-up system uh, before all of, their, all of the poor decisions they're making and all of, the, all of the shitty things they're doing really start to catch up to them. And sometimes they're lucky and it takes four years and they can win re-election as a president. Uh, but fuck, like there is, it, it, this happens every single time. It happened with Reagan, it happened with Bush, it happened with the second Bush, and it happened with Trump. The, it, it just keeps happening. It's a cycle uh, of abuse. And, and, it is. It's, it's. Well, and here's the thing. They know that they can keep fucking doing this. They can put, keep lining their pockets. They can keep making money for uh, uh, all, all of their donors and all the people there in, in wealthy hedge funds and whatnot because they know they don't have to be responsible because the Democrats will be. They, they know that the, their older siblings are going to come in and go, God damn it, do we have to fix this for you again? And they just will because one side is a group of adults and one side is a group of children who really, really like their Scrooge McDuck pools. Yeah, th that's... I can't get over the fact that this is, this is our life now. We elect a Democrat, um, then all the racists spend four to eight years crying, they win their Republican wins an election, and then we just... We, we go back into the same cycle of, okay, we're going to start a war. Okay, we're going to make horrible economic decisions. Okay, we're going to pass programs that absolutely no one wants. We're going to pack the courts. And then it's up to the Democrats to clean up the mess. And it, it's the whole thing. It's catering to nothing but the, the, the white grievances of millions of racists. Because that's, that's the game we've been playing since the goddamn 60s. 
all right? And I'm sick and tired of it. I am sick and tired of pretending that I have to care about what the fucking KKK's problems are. I'm done, all right? I, I am tired of this, this cycle of abuse that we're getting with the Republicans and uh, the majority of the American people are. Why do you think they haven't won the fucking popular vote legitimately since goddamn 1988? All right? It's ridiculous. And, and we're, we're all so fucking tired of it. Well, and <clears throat> if you'll excuse me for a second, we, we're going to have to try extra hard, uh, like, like so much harder on top of how we should normally to be able to reverse all these problems and to, 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 to end these issues. Because when you're in power and you're a piece of shit, you're going to do everything in your fucking power to keep it and hold it. And that is why every, every time there's an issue, they double down and they triple down and they, they short term solution to a long term problem because they don't give a shit. They they make a shit ton of money through working for the uh, for the government, but they also make a shit ton of money. Uh, hmm. Uh, Kelly Loeffler insider trading uh, through donations to their PACs to fucking Ted Cruz going down to Georgia and raising money for uh, uh, the Republicans down there, and then you know keeping the money. I forgot that happened. That happened. That that story came out either yesterday or today. Let me pull it up. Um, uh, because. Uh, let's not pull up the Daily Beast. How about that? <laughs> um, let's go to Yahoo News. That's fine enough. Uh, from, uh, oh, they're just fucking quoting the goddamn Daily Beast article. Anyway, um, the, uh, Senator Ted Cruz really needs help to keep the U.S. Senate in Republican hands, so blared uh, a handful of Facebook ads that Cruz's campaign committee purchased this month. But none of them were actually raising money for the Republican candidates in Georgia. Instead, every penny donated went directly to Cruz. Cruz's campaign bought 15 separate ads on Facebook over the last two weeks, each featuring a video of the center, senator excuse me, dramatically hyping the need to hold two U.S. Senate election seats uh, to us. Fucking hell. Two U.S. Senate seats in Georgia. Runoff contests. Uh, I'm not going to read what he said because it was stupid. Um, but he asked for $5 contributions to his new Keep Georgia Red Fund. But Facebook users who clicked through the online donation page and uh, read the fine print at the bottom would see that the actual beneficiary was Cruz's own campaign committee, not Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, the two Republicans running for re-election in Georgia. Um, and that's the kind of shit that they pull. And... I'm going to say this. Find me a single Democrat who does that. Do it. Good fucking luck. That shit doesn't happen with us. And that, that is the difference. The difference is, if first of all, if you find someone like that, I'll publicly denounce them. Because that's fucking wrong no matter who it is. But I'm, I, I cannot, I, I, I am unable to sit here and listen to people go, they are all the same. They are very similar. Uh, w one team is fighting for you to get $2,000. One team is fighting to execute you. Okay? That's the fucking difference. And, and that's the thing is I, I'm, I'm so exhausted with the both sidesism. I'm done with it. Why are, you, why are you people even entertaining the notion that there are any similarities here? You know there aren't. And the people who do, it, what are your goals? I mean, do you, do you really think you're going to change anything? No, all you're going to do is convince enough people not to participate that only the diehards participate. And unfortunately, the thing that happens when only the diehards participate is that Democrats lose. 
there are more people in this country who would identify as liberal Democrats or left-leaning than there are the other way around. And that, that's just a fact. It is. So what Republicans want is to raise more money to suppress votes, to, uh, to gerrymander, to uh, disenfranchise, to do everything they fucking can to make sure less people vote. And it, it, is, it is pure of them to go get out and vote uh, in Georgia, when in reality, you're speaking to Republicans. Everybody needs to get out and vote, Democrats and Republicans, every single person. I partially am saying that because I know on one hand that, yeah, no, if more people vote, Democrats are going to win more often than they're going to lose. But it is important to also recognize that, holy fuck, everybody just needs to vote anyway. I'm not, I'm not doing this as a partisan tool. I'm not doing this because it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I need to move on before I actually lose my fucking mind. Um, but is there anything else you want to say about uh, the uh, stimulus checks or um, Republicans being idiots? $600 is an insult. Fix the fucking adult dependent loophole and otherwise get fucked. Just God, this is ridiculous that this is the game we're playing now. Good to hear. Uh, <coughs> next me. up, uh, Biden has a cabinet. It's oak. It's tall. It's, I'm reading the wrong article. Fuck. Um, uh, so the president-elect, uh, this is from NPR, uh, from about a week ago, actually. Uh, president-elect Joe Biden's assembly his inner circle of advisors and cabinet officials his inauguration day on January 20th draws closer. Uh, his latest sex selections include key members of his climate team, uh, one of four top policy areas for the early days of his presidency. Uh, and we'll get into it a little bit more, uh, but just uh, to name a few. Uh, Chief of Staff Ron Klain, uh, Deputy Chief of Staff Jen O'Malley Dillon, uh, uh, another Deputy Chief of Staff is Bruce Reed. Uh, counselors of the President is Steve Reschetti, who I don't know and I need to know who he is. Um, um, I have the <clears throat> complete list of cabinet-level nominees. There's not that many if you want me to read them off. Uh, I'm doing it right now, actually. Um, uh, counselor to the president also Jeff uh, Zients, uh, national. Can you actually pull up Steve Rochetti and St- uh, Jeff Zients for me? Um, national Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, uh, uh, the Director, of the Office of Management and Budget, Nira Tandon. Do you want to talk about that at all? Oh, I love Nira Tandon. Okay, just making sure. Um, so, uh, go- going on and going down. Uh, some some highlights. Uh, Gene McCarthy for climate advisor. Uh, the the presidential envoy for climate is John Kerry, uh, which is dope. Uh, Julia Chavez Rodriguez is uh, the office in uh, intergovernmental affairs. Yada yada yada. Steve Rigetti. Secretary uh, Steve Rigetti, Yes. Uh, Jen Psaki is the press secretary, who we all need, also need to know more about if you don't mind. Um, Hello. <laughs> Did you hear me? I heard Jen Rizaki or. Oh, Jen Pisaki. Uh, we are doing this over. FaceTime, oh, that's which is Saki. Uh, oh, is it Saki? Okay. Uh, the press secretary. Yes, I want to know more about her. Uh, communications director Kate Bedgfield. Uh, and <laughs> to to round it all out, uh, uh, we're we're gonna get to the to the big one, which is actually a huge part of this. But um, uh, Marsha Fudge is the secretary of housing and urban development. Pete Buttigieg is the secretary of transportation. I have thoughts. Uh, uh, we can talk about that if you'd like. Uh, and then the hilarious one that I, the thing that, not hilarious, I think this is great. Uh, Simone Sanders is the vice, uh, chief spokesperson for the vice, chief spokesperson for the vice president. Okay, so you <laughs> kind of missed all the actual cabinet level officials. Uh, you're more than welcome to highlight any ones you think are important. Uh, yeah, Secretary of State. 
Anthony Blinken, who is actually the former Deputy Secretary of State. Uh, Secretary of Agriculture is Tom Vilsack, who was also Secretary of Agriculture under Obama. Uh, Health and Human Services is going to be a very important one. That's Attorney General Xavier Bacara of uh, California. And then the other one I want to talk about is, oh, yes, uh, Ambassador to the United Nations, um, which is Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who was former Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs. Dope. Uh, did you pull up the couple of ones that I asked? Yeah, uh, Rashetti is Biden's former chief of staff during the vice presidency. Um, before that, he was deputy chief of staff for operations under Bill Clinton. Uh, Jen, oh, cool. uh, Jen Psaki um, actually pre- has a pretty long list. She was deputy communications director during Obama's first term. She then became spokesperson for uh, the State Department. She was then the White House communications director for the last two years of Obama's presidency, and she will be press secretary. Wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so uh, let's get to the big one. Uh Actually, before we get to Deppelon, let's talk about Pete Buttigieg. Ian, why does this make you upset? First of all, he has no record in transportation. Second of all, it's very clearly an elevation to a federal position so that he can move to a state where he can win statewide and then become either a senator or a governor or something. All right, this is... This this is the... the uh, giving your kid a spot on the board. Um... It is the whole thing, and I don't think he's not qualified for it. He's he he was the mayor of a medium-sized city, which, by the way, not a very good mayor either. Um, and now he's in charge well, of Secretary of Transportation. Um, wasn't there something about buses where he came from? I, I don't know. No, the busing issue was Biden. No, sorry about um. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I remember something about uh, Buttigieg passing something in terms of a uh, or getting something done in terms of busing in South Bend, but maybe I'm just making that up. Um, I completely agree, though. I'm. It's kind of insulting that there is someone in there who, as as intelligent and intellectual he seems to be, d- you have absolutely no experience anywhere. Even even just like a, on a uh, transportation board somewhere in Indiana or. Uh, or like you interned at uh, a fucking bus station for a year in college. Like, I don't know, man. Like something that shows. I don't know. I'm also a little mad because this country needs a serious revitalization of its transportation. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And and, and here's the thing, though: is Biden's going to or Buttigieg is going to be a rubber stamp for Biden's transportation agenda. Well, pretty much. Yeah. That's that's all this is. It's not like he's going to be contributing anything. It's going to be he's going to be told this is what we're doing. Uh, so you're going to announce that you're going to get the credit and look good, and then you're going to move to Michigan and run for the Senate or something. Fair and, enough. And and that's what it's uh, going to be. And I'm sorry, quite frankly, I have no intention of Pete Buttigieg getting an easy pass into the United States Senate because everybody liked him. I don't know, man. I feel like he could do a much better job, like running for a house uh, seat in Indiana or something. For God's sakes, run to uh, South Bend is in a blue district. He could run and win it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's that. But I, I think the big, I think the big thing was actually Deb Holland. Yes. Who uh, uh, Holland is a 
it's pronounced Holland. I, w- I was understand it's Holland because there are two. A's. No, it's Holland. I am I am looking this up because I actually don't believe you. Give me a moment. This is genuinely difficult. Oh, you are right. Damn. Once again, I have Googled something and Ian was like, yes, you'd hate me, by the way, if I if you ever to date a guy like me, it's like, "Eh, I don't know about that. And then it's every single time. Fuck. Every single goddamn time. Anyway, Deb Holland. Uh, I'll I'll correct myself now. Also, I'm not going to pronounce Osof correctly either. Uh, uh, this is from uh, the Washington Post on January, uh, December 17th. President-elect Joe Biden chose uh, Representative Deb Ho- uh, Holland Thursday to serve as the first Native American cabinet secretary and the first head and the head of the Interior Department, a historic pick that marks a turning point for the U.S. government's relationship with the nation's indigenous peoples. Um, so, yeah, the, very cool, very great that there is a, a Native person in general in uh, in the cabinet for the first time in forever. She was, as far as I know, a great uh, House member uh, from New Mexico. Uh, and cause she, was she the first? Because Sharice Davids came after her. I don't believe there was any more. No, they came in together. Did they? Oh, sick. Okay. So oh, those, she was from 2018, wasn't she? Yeah, they're, they're both from 2018. They came in together. They're the first Native American women. She is actually not the first Native American cabinet member uh, because uh, Charles Curtis was vice president under, get this, Herbert Hoover, uh, and he was full-blooded Native American. Damn, I actually had no idea about that. That's sick. Yeah, so he was the first non-white vice president of the United States. You said Herbert Hoover? Yes, under Hoover. That's, uh, well, if only he was uh, under a president that wasn't fucking awful. <laughs> um, Herbert Hoover, by the way, was the president who oversaw the Great Depression and didn't do a fucking thing. Does that sound familiar at all to anybody? Hmm. Uh, so, anyway, uh, it, it, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Uh, as far as I know, she's uh, been doing a great job uh, in the House for the last two years, uh, and it's really good to have the representation of a Native person. Uh, there in general. That being said, uh, there is a. I don't. Know, I don't know how to put this. There is. There is conversation that I have seen since her uh, announcement uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, from Native people, from uh, uh, Black Native people specifically, uh, on Twitter. Uh, and I'm, I have this change.org petition uh, pulled up. It says Deb Haaland stand against modern day Jim Crow in Indian Country, uh, and. I'll read a little bit, very briefly, and then I'll kind of try to summarize it, and then we can talk about it. Uh, we call on Representative Deb uh, Holland to publicly pledge her support for citizenship and equal rights for freedom of uh, for freedmen of the five tribes in Indian Territory um, before being confronted as Secretary of the Interior, and to outline and commit to a plan for freedmen integration and inclusion in Indian Territory. Basically, what this is, what they're trying to say is, th- she has expressed sentiment in the past, or at the very least, I- ignored legislation or something like that, uh, to publicly, to officially recognize um, freedmen uh, or or black uh, people who are who also have native descent. Oh, in- oh, I know what this is about. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, in um, the five southern tribes, which is uh, Cherokee, Choctaw, uh, uh, Chickasaw, Creek, and Seminole. Okay. So uh, what we need to specifically talk about here is um, the fact that this isn't just uh, recognizing that they are um, any uh, black people of native descent as citizens. This is specifically referring to the descendants of black slaves who were owned by these tribes. Interesting. Okay, go that, ahead. That's what this is about. So this is about recognizing that many of the black people living in the five Southern tribes area in Oklahoma are citizens, should be citizens of the tribes which held their ancestors in slavery because these tribes did practice slavery. And as the United States expanded, they took up black slavery the same as white people did. Interesting. Okay, I didn't actually know that. I must have not read this hard enough because no. Uh, the okay. only reason I know this is because I saw an opinion piece about it. I didn't know Deb Holland had any connection to it. I hadn't heard any of that. Um, but the point is, is um, no. This is actually about the descendants of black people who were enslaved by the natives living in the Oklahoma Territory. Uh, can I specifically read what it says on here? Her yes. connection is to it. Uh, Representative Deb Holland's past legislative actions indicates that she is not she is not a strong supporter of protections for Black Native freedmen of the five tribes of Oklahoma. In December 2019, Representative Holland co-sponsored a, a bipartisan bill to reauthorize the Native American Housing Assistance and Self Determination Act through 2024 that removed protections for freedmen of the five tribes that had previously been included in bills reauthorizing the funding. Although contributing, uh, although consisting, whoa, although cons- constituting only five of the 573 federally recognized tribes in the United States, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development has, inf- has informed the five tribes that they can expect to receive 10% of the go- uh, program's funding over $62 million in funding for the program. So she did not apparently support sorry she did support this legislation that specifically removed protections for these people and that's and that's where the uh that's where the issue comes in okay so yeah that's kind of a shitty take um and it it really kind of i this sounds shitty coming from two white guys it does lead to a very the very real need for a much broader discussion of anti-blackness within communities of color within the United States. So when we talk about the fact that the five tribes consistently have fought against recognizing the descendants of their former slaves as citizens of those tribes, um, when we talk about you know, uh, especially on the West Coast, blackness com- or anti-blackness coming from uh, Asian people and from Latino people. You know, it, there's there's a broader discussion that needs to be had, and certainly, I don't think white people need to be leading it about what I, it means to be about how being black can it means you can catch racist flack from all manner of other races, including indigenous people, Asian people, uh, Latino people, anybody really. Yes. Um, I, I will say, you are, you are correct. <laughs> you and I are not the people to be having this conversation. Uh, you, you and I can talk about, uh, about <laughs> like, uh, issues within the Irish community, issues within the LGBT community, that kind of stuff. But I don't, think, uh, I don't think we really should discuss this. I will say this. If there is any air of, uh, of prejudice from anybody, that is wrong, of course. Uh, but uh, specifically... I understand 
the 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 need for uh, native people to kind of keep whatever they have left of their culture of their society of everything like that and i think that's vitally important but it, it's it's very complicated but if if you were i don't know denying people solely based on race i'm not 100% sure that's uh, to quote to quote letter kenny which i've been watching a lot of i'm not quite sure that's pc buddy uh yeah th- that's the whole thing is the fact that first of all um when we talk about the fact that the the five tribes kept black slaves they were not treated any better just because their masters were native so there are the a lot of the black people living in these areas fighting for this representation are the descendants of black slaves and native slave owners and those were not consensual relationships no matter what light you put it in a slave cannot consent um so that's the whole thing is many of these people have considerable indigenous descent and even the ones that don't their ancestors were owned by indigenous people uh and so here's the thing when we ended slavery here citizenship was granted to former slaves and the reason it wasn't automatically applied in this instance is because that's not a decision under current existing tribal sovereignty um that the federal government could make for those tribes they could they could make those slaves american citizens because they obviously ended the practice of slavery but they couldn't force the tribes to accept them as citizens which in fairness that is a tribal decision that's not a decision the federal government gets to make but on the same term it's like how do you not grant them this pittance of a concession after what your ancestors did to theirs and 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 sorry go ahead and that's kind of the the whole thing here is well, yes, we can have the nuanced discussion, or not even the nuanced discussion, just the bare minimum discussion of what happened to get these tribes into Oklahoma to begin with. You know, the Trail of Tears was one of the worst moments in American history, but that doesn't excuse the fact that they were dragging their slaves along with them as they were being forced. Um, so let's let's not pretend here like this was a, this is a cut and dry issue. It's it's really not. But if uh, again, just a, this is a pittance. Just acknowledging the fact that you owned these people, these people's ancestors and their descendants deserve recognition as citizens of the tribes that enslaved their ancestors. And to bring this back to uh, uh, Deb Hol- uh, Holland. What this uh, change.org petition is uh, trying to get at is, is effectively this, and I'll read directly from it. Uh, Representative Holland, as Secretary of the Interior, will have the power to uphold the citizenship and civil rights of the freedom of the five tribes. She should understand that this is racism pure and simple, and it's time to stop Jim Crow-like policies in Indian country. By the way, I am only saying that th- those last two words because it is a direct quote. I uh, just want to be very clear about that. Let's, um, um, let's kind of let's go with something here, because as, as I've gotten into my own understanding of, of Native issues, um, a lot of them don't give a single solitary fuck about that debate. 
Well, and I'm not saying it's the need all end all uh, of of conversation. For me, it's the same reason I don't say a lot of words that don't necessarily belong to me or my history. Uh, it's 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 purely my personal choice. Yeah, that that's the whole thing, and and I agree. I don't use the term Indian, but I'll I'll refer to Indian country or the fact that we have the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And it's the fact is a lot of these people identify as Indians. They they still use that term to describe themselves, to describe their their land, their sure. everything. So in that aspect, I will defer to them. But no, it's not really something that's in my place to say. So I'll go with either indigenous or native, depending. But the the yeah. point being is that the overwhelming majority of native people don't really give a fuck about the PC fight about what to call them because they have much more pressing issues to deal with. Yeah. Uh, this, this petition, and uh, if I remember, I'll link it down below. It it is effectively just saying she has uh, the power now to really do something about it. And it's a little, it's a little concerning that she has this history of, of, I don't know how to put it, anti-blackness to a certain to a to a very low degree. I'm not claiming much of anything. She was actually uh, uh, endorsed by the uh, Congressional Black Caucus, so that that should be very clear. But it does say, as Secretary of the Interior, she will oversee the Bureau of Indian Affairs and will have the power to investigate the tribes, enforce our treaty rights, and bring an end to modern day Jim Crow. We are the modern day Jim Crow we are facing. We must have native leadership that is included, uh, inclusive to all native people, black natives and free, freedmen included. Uh, and I'm glad I did this little bit of research because if we had just said, hey, look, Deb Holland, that's sick, and then moved on, not 100% sure I would have been really happy with myself if this had come out later. So Yeah, no, I, I'm glad we had this discussion as well. But I do really kind of want to reiterate the fact that she's going to be dealing with the Bureau of Indian Affairs and dealing with so much of the the land issues in this country. And it is really important that, especially given the fact that basically the Department of Interior is how the various tribal nations deal with the U.S., that they have someone who understands their perspective and who is one of them to give that voice in cabinet meetings and when we discuss policy, especially with regards to land use and tribal sovereignty and rights. So as it's, with everyone, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's, it's going it, to be interesting to watch. There's good and it's bad. Yes. Um, we get, we got to move on. We have a couple more topics. Uh, they are both actually very similar. Uh, the first one is the Supreme court, uh, which uh, <laughs> is a little important right now. Uh, not only are they constantly swatting away uh, uh, Trump clams like flies in the middle of July, but they, uh, they're to, in addition to a similar theme with this whole show, there are going to be a lot of ramifications to uh, forcing uh, or, or not allowing, excuse me, not allowing what the hell is the guy's name? Uh, uh, putting Gorsuch in instead of uh, also starts with a G. I forget his name. Obama's Garland. Nominee. Garland. Merrick Garland. Um, it's if they didn't have the same last name initial, it would probably fuck me up even more. Uh, but putting Gorsuch in instead of Garland, <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh somehow being allowed in, uh, and then of course the most recent Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, and this will get us into a slight topic on Mitch McConnell in about five minutes. But uh, the Supreme Court is currently six to three, correct? Yes. 
uh, in a conservative majority, uh, which is rather unfortunate because, uh, uh, God, do I even have to explain, uh, uh, the woman's right to choose, uh, LGBT marrying rights, uh, 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 bodily autonomy in general, um, uh, serious issues in terms of federal politics when they might go to the Supreme Court and they're not telling Donald Trump to go fuck himself. Um, who, who fucking knows? Maybe we'll see another Republican uh, president go to the Senate for some fucking reason, or not go to the uh, House for some fucking reason again. There are many, 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 many reasons why the stealing of those two seats and the uh, effective uh, jamming through of a bratty asshole uh, with Kavanaugh is genuinely, genuinely disheartening and genuinely dangerous. Um, but also I had no idea Justice Roberts, uh, <laughs> Chief Justice Roberts was from Buffalo, New York. Ew. Good for him. Uh, that's great. Uh, that explains but here's the so thing. much. Amy Coney Barrett is terrifying in in a way that I think only those of us who were raised Catholic and met the moms could understand fully. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, been there, done that, lived that life. They're, the Methodists aren't much better, but I've met plenty of Catholic moms. Um, where there is a, there is a, not a pureness in an ideological sense, a pureness in a genuinely trying to do well sense uh, for a majority of Catholic moms. But then there are a few where you just go, <laughs> fuck, you're going to ruin my life, aren't you? Uh, you? You show up to Sunday school and she is there and she is going to tell you all of the ways that you are terrible. Um, and, and Amy Coney Barrett kind of uh, gives off those vibes uh, where I, I, I feel like I'd see her at, at some sort of church event when I was a kid. And I was like, she, she, Jesus, uh, <laughs> can, can we go home? I don't really want to go to this brunch. Like this is... I have, I have a point to make. I'm just fucking around. Um, but this is a South Bend Tribune article from yesterday that I found, which I was a little interested by. The headline is, Amy Coney Barrett helps steer the Supreme Court to the right, but not towards Trump, which I thought was a very interesting title. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would go that far because the right is Trump. There is an interesting schism uh, uh, right now between the two, and it's it's undeniable but that's just because he's a lame duck <laughs> uh, and because effectively anything he says or does doesn't matter at this point, which is we didn't talk about the pardons, but Jesus Christ. Um, I believe I just lost Ian. Uh, anyway, uh, it is, we were talking about Amy Coney Barrett uh, because this article is interesting <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, two months into Barrett's tenure, those fears look to be unfounded, but conservatives remain still ho still remain hopeful she will advance the cause of religious freedom, expand Second Amendment rights, and cement a conservative majority in the nation's highest court. Uh, which uh, I look at and I go, that's a good thing? Uh, the 48-year-old uh, former federal appeals court judge and Notre Dame Law School professor has kept a low profile since joining the court a week before Election Day, leaving a few leaving few clues as to what kind of associate judges she will be what kind of associate justice she will be in the decades to come which is terrifying um but 
let me get down to effectively <laughs> what I'm trying to get at. Uh, she's not a pawn, this article is claiming. While keeping her head down, Barrett has shown some indication that she may not be Trump's sycophant. Democrats warned she would be, and she swore she would not be. Quote, I certainly hope that all members of the committee have more confidence in my integrity than uh, to think I would allow myself to be used as a pawn to decide the election for American people. Which is, has proved true so far, to be very clear. Uh, yes, the, the Supreme Court universally punted Trump's uh, um, attempt to drag the election before them. Multiple, to be honest. Um, uh, at the same time, she has not bowed to Democrats' suggestions, uh, bowed to Democrats' suggestions that she rescue herself from major cases involving the president. In the Affordable Care Act, recuse. Recuse, thank you. Uh, in the Affordable- and it was bowed. You had it right the first time. Did I ask you? I probably did, to be fair. Uh, you are on this show with me. Uh, in the Affordable Care Act case, the Trump administration agreed with Texas and other conservative states that the entire law should be struck down because of its tax penalty, because its tax penalty was eliminated in 2017. Barrett wondered aloud why Congress would seek to eliminate the law rather than just the tax. Uh, the, the article goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, but here's the thing I'll say. This woman has been on the Supreme Court for two and a half months. Saying she hasn't fucked up horribly yet is not really all that convincing to me. She is a it's it's a low fucking bar. She is a conservative on the Supreme Court. She is a Catholic woman as well. I have reasons to be terrified. Uh I, I don't I don't love the idea that we're writing articles on December 29th about how she's doing fine. Uh, she, she it literally says right here conservatives remain hopeful that she will advance the cause of religious freedom, expand the second amendment rights and cement a conservative majority on the nation's highest court. Ladies and gentlemen, we we, we have in front of us uh, a bad idea. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing here is um we we can't pretend here like she's had any real opportunities to do damage yet because she just hasn't. Yeah. Uh I I am I, I don't give a shit who's on the court. So of course, I I give a shit who's on the court, and it especially is upsetting that she was she replaced RBG. Yes. But it's important to recognize that there are still five other conservatives on the Supreme Court. They they have a majority, and if something goes in front of them, I don't I don't want to fan the flames, but we we could see bad things. And I'm oh absolutely, and I'm not. If all went well with the world, and uh, conservatives and uh, Senate Republicans like McConnell weren't such pieces of shit. We'd probably be in a much different situation. Uh, Garland would be on the court. We may have still had to deal with Kavanaugh, uh, but that was also really fucking sketchy because uh, the guy before him stepped down for no fucking reason at all. Uh, and then uh, now they stole a third seat, effectively, by um, uh, not following their rules in the first place that they set. Anyway, it's it's very frustrating, but it gets uh, it, it gets to the man of the hour. If you don't if if you don't mind me uh, making the the end of this show terrible, uh, Mitch McConnell. Ah, uh, Mitch. The, I believe we actually discussed this in the episode that didn't happen uh, a couple months ago that we recorded but weren't able to put together. 
Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is terrible. Uh, but I'm going to read this opinion piece from the Washington Post uh, back in October. I think I actually read the same one in the last episode. Uh, but here it is. It's from uh, Jonathan Capehart. There are certain words and phrases in the English language that drive me bonkers. Slacks is one. At the end of the day, at the end of the day is another. Thanks to Republicans, there's a new entrant: court packing. The phrase comes into uh, vogue after the threat from some congressional Democrats to add seats to the Supreme Court if Senate Republicans rammed through a third Supreme Court nomination by President Trump with less than 30 days until the presidential election. What has me suffering a serious side-eye headline, a headache, excuse me, is all the Republican whinging over a threat that has a slim chance of happening. Their badgering of Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and his running mate, uh, remember, this was October 13th. Uh, Kamala Harris about the issue is specifically galling when you consider the history of how we got to this hyperpartisan moment with everything Trump and the roots of the current drama go back to the Obama administration. Going to skip down to this part. Trying to pull it up. Excuse me. Uh, in other words, Republicans would obstruct everything from legislation to cabinet and judicial appointments. Uh, back then, the nominations would be tripped up by the filibuster that required 60 votes to advance to a final vote. Things changed after Obama's re-election in 2012 when then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid uh, and his fellow Democrats used the nuclear option by changing the rules to confirm federal judges, but not, of course, Supreme Court justices by a simple majority. And here we get to the, here we get to the crux of it. You'll regret this, and you may regret this a lot sooner than you think, responded Mitch McConnell. And how right he was. After the, after the GOP won the Senate majority in 2014, McConnell exercised all power to thwart Obama's judicial nominees for the last two years of his presidency. According to a 2018 report from Brookings, such confirmations were, quote, fewer compared to George W. Bush's, Clinton's, and Reagan's. But McConnell's biggest flex occurred hours after the death of Justice Antonin Scalia in 2016, when he said, quote, the American people should have a voice in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. Never mind, the presidential election was nine months away. Not only was Judge Merrick Garland, Obama's nominee, denied a hearing and a vote, but McConnell wouldn't even meet with him. As McConnell flogged that paper-thin rationale for stealing a Supreme Court seat, other Republicans made noises about holding the seat vacant if Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton had won the 2016 election. If Hillary becomes president, said Richard Burr, uh, Senator Richard Burr, excuse me, I'm going to do everything I can do to make four years from now, to, to make sure four years from now we still have got an opening on the Supreme Court. Uh, which, just as an aside, that is terrifying to hear a sitting senator say. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. That the fact that they have become so utterly broken that they think that's an acceptable alternative to just refusing to acknowledge you lost the election. Yeah. Given this history, it should be clear that the real court packing has been happening under Trump because Republicans choked off confirmations under Obama, Trump, uh, well, because, excuse me, because Republicans choked off confirmations under Obama, Trump inherited 103 vacancies, notes a 2020 Brookings study. As of October 6th, according to the American Constitutional Society, 218 judges have been confirmed, more than Trump's Republican predecessors, and second to Democratic President Jimmy Carter. The average age of Trump's appointees... Uh, uh, to the Court of Appeals, considering uh, considered the farm team for the Supreme Court, is forty eight point two years, and let's let's say people live till eighty. That's a that's a solid thirty years on the court, on a court. Yeah, that it, it is a it is a very long time, and this is a mess we're going to be cleaning up for a while. Um, but everyone needs to stop whinging that the courts are lost for the simple fact that there are just as many vacancies forming. Yeah. And Republicans will not be in the majority forever. And, and, and that's the thing is that 
this feels like it's lasting forever because it's just shitty, but there will come a time when they are no longer the majority power. Yes. I want to specifically talk about Mitch McConnell here because this article wasn't actually the one I thought it was. This man's entire goal for his entire career has been packing courts. Oh, yes. Has been filling vacancies, has been making sure any possible uh, spot where he could put a conservative judge, he puts one. Because he knows... he knows his time is limited. But you, you put an indefinite position. You, you put a Republican or a conservative in a de- an indefinite position like that and in a technically lifelong seat. Man, you can, you can do a lot as majority leader. You could do a shit ton more as an appeals court, uh, as, an, as an appeals court judge. You can, oh, you yes. can literally decide law. There is nothing saying you can't go... Yeah, I understand that the precedent is this, but the precedent could also mean this, and that means go fuck yourself for thirty-five yeah, exactly. years. Like it's it's terrifying. But and he knows that, and he knows that no matter what he can do, no matter how many things he can block in the Senate, he will never do as much what he would consider good for the conservative cause as fill seats. And him filling three Supreme Court seats in the last four years, God, that must give him the creepiest boner. I don't think he's capable of getting one anymore. I mean, all the blood is rushing to his hands. And lips. Yeah, where, where the hell else were his, uh, his, his issues? Face in general. No, I'm talking about the blood blisters, not his terrifying looking face, Ian. No, that's... <laughs> Glad you finally picked that one up. Um, Took me a second, won't lie. But there, there has been some tweets going around. The, the difference between... Almost fourteen hundred dollars of you know our money coming back to us in stimulus checks is an eighty-year-old man from Kentucky. That that is that is the bottleneck by which someone's life may not be saved because this man has decided simply no. Mitch McConnell is worth millions, by the way, tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> he is a rich ass man. Yet yeah, him and his wife. Who I believe is on Trump's cabinet, correct? Cabinet, yes. Elaine Chow, uh, transportation secretary. So, to 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 bring a, to bring us back to the genesis of this episode, what does this mean going forward? Well, for for one thing, holy shit, I'm really sad that uh, McConnell did not lose this past year, uh, because we could solve so many issues just by not having to deal with him. But if we want to, f- if we want to actually do the things we want to do, and we want to get as far as we want to go, <coughs> excuse me, that guy needs to be gone, or at least stripped of power. There, there is no, there is no way in the future we can accomplish what we want to accomplish: uh, eliminating the Supreme Court, getting the Supreme. Uh, ex- Whoa! Did I just say eliminating the Supreme Court? Um, eliminating the Electoral College, uh, uh, r- f- fixing the Supreme Court. Um, uh, enshrining voter laws, uh, all of the things that we want to accomplish as as uh, Democrats and liberals and stuff like that, uh, healthcare, everything. He is going to stop it at every turn because he knows he can. He he's like Newt Gingrich and John Banner, but worse because he's actually still evil. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's it. It's just I. I can't understand how people can look at everything he's done and and not shudder in horror. 
And the fact that we're we're desperately fighting for a 50-50 Senate here is bitterly disappointing. Like, we're, we're talking about begging Lisa Murkowski not to give Satan the keys to the kingdom if this goes badly for us. Mm, that's a that's that's fucking horrifying um i i'm i am dead right now uh my brain my brain has pretty much pretty much jumped out of the window for the day um is there anything else you want to specifically talk about i don't know if we're going to do another episode for a while but it was nice to it was nice to talk about a bunch of this stuff because i genuinely believe we're at a point now in uh not to sound like a documentary but we're at a point now in kind of this country's history where one of two paths is going to be taken, and one of those paths is literally destruction. The other one is, at the very least, survival. Yeah, um, so if we somehow have a listener in Georgia, go out, fucking vote for John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. Also, um, I do have one thing that just popped up while we were, we were recording. Go ahead. Uh, GOP Senator Josh Hawley has decided he's going to challenge the election results in the Senate, which means we are now going to get to watch as the uh, uh, Republican senators must now choose uh, who the fuck they're going to side with, either democracy or dictatorship. They do, they they won't have enough votes to change anything, but it's going to be fun to see them on the record squirming. How the fuck does that work? So basically, the House and Senate have to vote in a joint session to acknowledge the results of the uh, Electoral College. So they can just say no? They Well, it, it requires a certain number of votes and everything, but the point is is that it's, it's the certification that the states have conducted their elections fairly. Oh. Um, and so the vice president presides over it, all that other fun stuff. So all this is is um, Josh Hawley's playing theater politics, and there's there's a lovely meme here which I I will send you, but I will read it out. It's the groom meme of the 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 plan, and all it says is uh, tap into the MAGA base to be the 2024 GOP frontrunner, challenge the election results in the Senate. Trump utilizes your acknowledgement of the conspiracy to ensure his place as the 2024 GOP frontrunner. <laughs> that is what is happening right now. So, no, uh, we will be dealing with Trump in 2024, assuming he's not been arrested, which I honestly don't think he will be because the kind of investigation they're going to need is going to take time. Yeah. So I have a, I have a feeling that Trump is going to be floating around for at least the next few years. Um, but I, I have – I really sincerely – I <sighs> – I, I am of two minds because on the one hand I'm like Jesus H Christ we could we could possibly reelect Trump to we we could Grover Cleveland this but on the other hand I'm like I want a 47 state landslide I mean yeah <laughs> um him he the guy lost significantly this year uh not by the electoral college of course we've already had that conversation but seven million people told him to go fuck himself so no i don't i don't yeah excuse me i don't see i don't see anything successful happening for him uh that being said we're gonna wrap it up here uh i'm gonna have a fun time editing this (laughs) uh i'll probably get that done before the end of the night and it'll be up before midnight hopefully we'll see it's about 4 30 right now so so uh in in yeah thank you guys so much um we have had a hell of a time with everything 
Uh, we apologize for being gone so long, but you know, life happened, and also this is this is not an ideal system for us. But we will continue to try and cover this as we get into maybe the early days of the Biden administration. We don't really know. So, uh, thank you guys so much for your listening, uh, and you guys stay safe, get vaccinated as soon as you can, and just have a good one, guys. Bye.